Hi, this is Mark Kleinhens from Cleveland, Ohio, sitting here with my newborn baby daughter, Violet, who was born just a few days after our stay at the Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser themed hotel at Walt Disney World. This podcast was recorded at... It's 2.04 Eastern on Tuesday, April 19th here on Earth. Things may have changed by the time you hear it. Okay, enjoy the show. Oh my god, this is a timestamp just for us. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I want to stay at the Star Wars Hotel. Hey there, it's the NPR Politics Podcast. I'm Scott Detrow. I cover the White House. I'm Tamara Keith. I also cover the White House. And David Chaper is also here. He covers transportation for NPR. Welcome to the podcast, David. Hey there, guys. And David, you are here because yesterday U.S. District Court Judge Catherine Kimball Mizell ruled that the federal mask mandate on planes, trains, buses, and other modes of public transportation is unlawful. She ruled that the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention had exceeded its authority and failed to follow proper rulemaking procedures. And David, we will start with you. A lot happened right mm-hmm. after that ruling. Catch us up to speed. Yeah, well, um, the, uh, the the ruling came out, and there was a little bit of confusion initially because it wasn't sure, uh, folks weren't sure if it took, a, took effect immediately. But there were airline pilots who mid-flight uh, announced to, the, to everyone on board that uh, uh, this judge had made that ruling, and there was uh, some celebrating and people taking off their masks right away while, uh, while in the air. At this moment, if you choose to, you may remove your mask. It essentially left it up to the airlines themselves. Businesses, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can require their employees and and their customers to wear masks uh, if they choose to do so. And so the airlines, most of them, were pretty quick to say, "Okay, we're not going to require masks uh, either." The TSA came out with a statement saying they were not going to enforce the uh, the mask mandate as they had done on behalf of the CDC uh, for the last uh, fifteen months or so. Uh, so the the reaction was pretty quick, but, uh, you know, it was interesting. I was at uh, Chicago's O'Hare Airport last night, and uh, there was hardly anybody not wearing a mask. There were a few people mm. who took them off right away. A few t- TSA officers I saw took them off right away uh, and were walking around without them. But but most people kept their masks on and, and seemed to feel more comfortable doing so. Yeah. Tam, masks have become the ultimate political flashpoint in a world where everything is tribal and political. But the, you know, from the moment the pandemic began, President Biden, uh, when he was running, then when he became president, was squarely in the mask camp, squarely in the taking as many steps as possible to to keep COVID uh, under control camp. Of course, the past few months, he and the rest of the administration have really changed the way they approach that. So given all of that, how did the White House respond and what stood out to you about about how they responded? Right. This really comes at a moment when the mask mandate was in a tenuous place, when the United States is in this weird transition phase where the CDC had had changed its mask guidance for other public spaces uh, and where... Masks have largely come off. Lots of other uh, COVID prevention measures have largely come off in in large parts of the country. Uh, and where the CDC had asked for just two more weeks to figure out whether this surge of cases related to the BA2 variant of Omicron, whether this was going to become a big wave that was going to be a problem or whether this is going to sort of fizzle out. So it, it's this weird time. The White House reaction 
was one of disappointment. Uh, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said that the White House is disappointed that uh, the administration is reviewing its options, that the Department of Justice is reviewing its options. But is it is it fair to call that disappointed response muted, though? Because I've seen the White House be very angry at court rulings, be very angry at decisions from Congress or elsewhere in America or for, from, you know, new laws signed by governors that they disagree with. And this felt like, meh, like it just felt like the energy wasn't in it. Like you said, this was probably going to peter out soon anyway. Am I overreading there? Well, they're a little defensive about people uh, suggesting that to them. Uh, mm. And and they said, you know, sometimes it takes a couple of days to figure out how to respond. And I think David can talk to this better than I can. But there are real questions here about whether to appeal, how to appeal, whether appealing could lead to a legal precedent that they don't want, whether not appealing could lead to a legal precedent that they don't want. You know, I talked to somebody who's close to the White House today who said that they the administration is really struggling with this right now, trying to figure out strategically the right path. This also comes politically when, yeah, you saw some people celebrating on planes uh, and then you have other people, people who are part of the president's base, who are really upset about this. The judge did address this a little bit in the ruling. You know, the um, the notion that this is a challenge to the, the federal government's uh, and the CDC's actual authority to impose certain uh, restrictions or certain mandates uh, to respond to a public health emergency. And the, and the judge said, you know, if that's the case, there was no mask mandate in place on, on transportation for 11 months after the pandemic began. Mm. What she didn't address is that there was a, a transfer of power, that there was a new administration that came in, that the previous administration was very much against mask mandates in, in pretty much mm. every and all circumstances. And therefore, um, you know, it was would have been difficult for the CDC to do that on its own, certainly in, in the previous administration. So uh, it, it, it kind of uh, will remain to be seen how this uh, progresses and if the uh, Biden administration does want to appeal the judge's ruling. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, more about other modes of transportation and what happens next on this particular ruling and more broadly with with all the other executive orders out there the Biden administration is leaning on. This message comes from NPR sponsor BetterHelp. Stress shows up in all kinds of ways. In a world that's telling you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's your reminder to take care of yourself, do less, and maybe try some therapy. BetterHelp is committed to helping you in times of stress with customized online therapy. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com politics and see if it helps life feel a little bit easier. We are back and... David, I don't want to. I don't want to get in trouble with with train enthusiasts or bus enthusiasts or all of the other <laughs> modes of transportation. Yeah. Um, several of us live with little kids who like them all, so <laughs> this mm-hmm. this does apply to more than planes. Can you just walk us through broadly uh, how other transportation sectors are reacting to this? Yeah, I mean the, the the mask mandate did apply to all modes of public transportation, and that includes Amtrak. That includes, uh, um, you know, the the, the metro. Uh, city buses, um, school buses, uh, the ride shares, taxi cabs. uh, Light rail, let's just mention everything. Yeah, light rail. And and heavy rail, you know, commuter rail. 
but certainly ferries and, and all kinds of uh, other modes of, of transportation where you have large groups of people potentially together in, in, a, in a small enclosed space. You know, this is kind of the interesting thing because the ruling actually turned it back to the local agencies to decide if they're going to require masks. And now some are and some are not. Uh, in Chicago, in New York, in Seattle, and in several other cities, they are going to continue requiring masks. But in Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., and, and a few other cities, they're making it optional for the for the time being. And, and these, these rules and guidelines may be in flux over the next couple of days and weeks. You know, public health experts I've talked to have, have said that there there is a, a much greater risk uh, in, in some of these settings because, you know, first of all, um, you, a lot of people don't have a, 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 another option for getting to school or getting to work or getting to the places they need to go other than a, a bus or a train. Uh, they don't have a personal car or vehicle that they can take uh, by themselves and protect themselves that way. These tend to be lower income uh, people. These tend to be people who, who might have greater uh, risk of, of, of being exposed. Uh, so there are those who feel like this, again, disproportionately affects a, a, a certain portion of the population that mm-hmm. has already been at great risk throughout this pandemic. Tam, politically, do you see any way in which the Biden administration starts to push for restrictions like that? I mean, assuming assuming another wave comes or something like that, because you have seen this shift in democratic politics where a lot of democratic governors like like Jared Polis of Colorado predominantly was saying, look, we just need to live in the world. People who want to be vaccinated have had the opportunity to be vaccinated and boosted. I will point out yet again that that does not apply to people five and under because that still has not happened. But uh, you saw the Biden White House start to follow that lead and stop emphasizing masks and 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 other and other precautions do you think this is politically fixed where they feel like this is just the world we need to live in? It's a political liability. Or do you think there's any indication that could change again? You know, we don't know what's going to happen with the pandemic. And if there were a a new variant that was extremely widespread and extremely contagious and way more deadly than Omicron, then who knows what would happen. But in terms of like where the public is right now, it seems like it is going to be increasingly difficult to go back to where we were, that uh, people sacrificed for two years uh, for the community good or or some people sacrificed for two years for the community good. And now it seems as though and, and you know, I've, I've spoken to public health people about this, too, who are frustrated with it, but that this is now an era of individual responsibility or individual protection. So if if you want to go on public transportation and you want to wear a mask, then you get to wear a mask. Um, but that really does disadvantage people who um, have immune deficiencies or are or little bitty kids who can't wear a mask. Um, you know, there are a series of risk calculations that people make. And and it is now the the politics of this have shifted that from a community response, a community responsibility to an individual response. Let's zoom out, though, on one final point, though, because this is not the only conservative judge in America. In fact, over uh, the course of the Trump administration, a lot of them got appointed. The The U.S. Supreme Court is um, a supermajority of conservatives right now, especially looking forward to the likelihood that, that the Biden White House might have a Republican Congress next year that won't want to pass any new laws with them. Um is this a warning sign of what could be coming down the line for a White House that has relied aggressively on uh, administrative rulemaking? Yeah, and this is 
to be clear, not the first warning sign. Uh, right. They, they also the had they had a vaccine mandate that was uh, put through the Occupational Safety and Health Administration. They oversee uh, workplace safety. That was blocked in court. Um, obviously, there are abortion rulings coming down, expected. Uh, there, There's a lot uh, going on uh, on the judicial front. Today, you had um, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa tweeting celebration look at you know the the republican senate and and all of their hard work moving as quickly as they possibly could prioritizing uh president trump's judicial nominees over almost anything else uh, over any other action look at the results that it is delivering um and as we speak the biden administration the white house and democrats in the senate have been racing to confirm as many Biden judges as possible, as meaningful legislation becomes increasingly rare with narrowly divided Congress or totally divided Congress, um, presidents have leaned on executive action to try to do something uh, to try to get things done. And what they discover again and again is that the judicial branch ends up getting in their way. David, is there anything else in, in the world that you cover where where this could be an ongoing storyline over the next few years? Yeah, I mean, I think I think the uh, the role of the federal government in in you know uh, responding to national emergencies and, and in transportation that could be a lot of different things. I mean, if this ruling mm-hmm. is is more broadly applied, and you know, experts I've talked to have, have said it's a very narrow interpretation of the the CDC's authority. But you know, just you know, we have a a, a, a rules that go into effect occasionally in the world of transportation to uh, you know uh, improve safety. Um, just in in collisions, in 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 airline crashes, and things like that. So, uh, if if this ruling is is thus interpreted to you know erode the federal government's authority to to step in and do things like that, this could could have very broad implications. I, I, I may be reading into it a little too much to to go that far, but there are certainly people concerned that at least in the public health arena. Uh, that this ruling uh, really restricts uh, or could restrict what the, the CDC may be able to do in response to a, a national public health emergency. All right, well, we will see what happens next with this. In the meantime, David Shaper, thank you for coming on to the NPR Politics Podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure. I was, it was great to be with you guys. It was our pleasure, too. I'm Scott Detrow. <laughs> I cover the White House. I'm Deborah Keith. I also cover the White House. We will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the NPR Politics Podcast.